So I'm looking at my calendar just the other day, trying to look at all the things happening for the rest of this year. And you suddenly realize we're running out of year. Where did the year of 2021 go? And look what's right around the corner. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door And welcome to our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Today we're going to look at this year that's gone by. There's still more year to go, still some surprises, I'm sure, in store. But it dawned on me just how rapidly this year has moved. Now, I've always heard this for, for ages that the older you get, the faster it seems that time moves. And I I understand that now more than ever. I never quite understood it when I was in my teens or 20s and and really not until I got into my 30s that it seemed that time went just a little bit faster. But now that I'm 67, the years just seem to fly by. Time is gone before you know it. And, And what have you accomplished in that time? Now, one thing I want to spend some time looking at today is one of the more overlooked seasons, at least for Christians, the season of Advent. Here in the United States, and it may be the same in many other parts of the Western world, but especially in the United States, it was around the time we call Halloween in October that many of the big box stores like your Targets, your Walmarts, your Home Depots, your Lowe's and, and others started hauling out the Christmas trees and all the Christmas decorations, their holiday sections as they call it. It all started, all started right at the beginning of November. Sometimes I wonder if they won't have a pre-Christmas sale sometime along with back to school and summertime. And it seems almost that it comes a wee bit early every year. Now, Thursday of this past week was Thanksgiving Day in the United States. And I'm thinking how it was the beginning of the Christmas season, kind of, with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that I watched many, many times as a young child growing up. And Santa Claus comes to town and he gets to the Macy's store and everybody then comes back on that Friday for the beginning of the Christmas shopping season. Now, there was something something much different back then. If you had gone into a store on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving... Had you gone into a store a week before Thanksgiving or two weeks or three weeks before Thanksgiving, not a Christmas item to be found. You didn't see Christmas tree lights or holiday lights, as some people want to call them. You didn't see the decorations. You didn't see the wrapping 
paper. You didn't see any of that stuff out. It wasn't there. In fact, back when I was growing up, the stores closed early the day before Thanksgiving on that Wednesday. Maybe the grocery stores hung in there a little longer for people trying to get their last ingredients they need for their for their Thanksgiving Day feast. But stores began to wind down, if it's a retail store, sometime in the afternoon on that Wednesday. And I can remember many of a department store growing up that used to put newspaper taped up in the window so you couldn't even see the window displays, which were very popular with a lot of the bigger stores like a Macy's and Abraham and Strauss, uh, whatever store may come to your mind and what part of the world you were in. There were a lot of those outdoor displays on the sidewalks in big cities. Even in some of the shopping centers, you had display windows on the perimeter as people would walk around in a maybe a shopping center. And sometime on Wednesday morning, maybe sometimes even on Tuesday night, they would tape up. They would cover up so you couldn't see what was going to be in that window. And a lot of people would work in those rooms you couldn't see, those window sets you couldn't see, preparing it for the Christmas season. A few people were even known to come in Thanksgiving evening after their dinner with their time and family and friends to to finish preparing the store. People would, I can remember as a kid working at a, at a department store before I got my radio job. And it was an amazing time. I actually came in uh, the week before Thanksgiving and saw everything being laid out and prepared to go for the for all the displays, uh, the reset of the store, and everything was being laid out, and they're having a strategy because they only have a short window of time to do it when they closed on that Wednesday, and then they reopened on Friday. And they didn't want to have people there all day on Thanksgiving Day. They had people that would volunteer to get paid a little bit extra to come in for maybe a few hours that morning, in the afternoon, and into the evening, and even into the overnight hours to transform this store into a a Christmas wonderland. The transformations were sometimes quite dramatic, especially in some of the stores in, let's say, Long Island, for example where you have some real competition. And so Christmas, the the season of Christmas, at least on a retail level, began the day after Thanksgiving. Now, over time, we have Black Friday is what they started calling it. I remember trying to remember what year it was. It was in the 1990s, the first time ever I had ever heard of getting up early on that Friday after Christmas to get some you know, door blockbuster specials at a Kmart. I did, but it's something I normally didn't do. That was the first time. And I can assure you in my younger years, the stores didn't open until regular hours on that Friday. But we've moved Christmas into more of a retail. It's more now not not a celebration of the birth of the Savior of the world, it is a way to bring businesses into a profitable situation for the calendar year. 
Christmas used to be a different kind of season. Now it's consumed with retail. It's been increasingly such my entire lifetime. It's nothing new. As a kid, I can remember, I mentioned it last week, that I can remember the Sears wish book that would come into view right around Thanksgiving, which is all right, I guess. But but see, there was one thing different back then that is so dramatically different today, especially in, and this is addressed to those of us that are Christians. Too many churches ignore Advent. It used to be a big deal, Advent. Advent was the season that ushered in those four Sundays before the celebration of Christmas. And we would use that time to prepare and remember why Jesus Christ came into the world. As a child, I don't know how it was in your house, but the Christmas tree didn't go up at Thanksgiving or the day after that or four weeks before Christmas. It, It came into view in the house just days ahead of time, and it stayed around into January. But see, that doesn't meet the need of a retail establishment. They're looking for the calendar year and the money. And so Christmas, it ends. Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve when the store closes. And then they want to move some merchandise before the end of the year. And, and many churches have fallen prey to this way of doing business the world's way when it comes to, to everything, for example. There are churches now that I know that don't even get together to worship anymore on Christmas Day. They call it a family time, so they don't want to interfere with your time, your Santa Claus time, your gift-giving time, your feasting time. Instead of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, I'm surprised how many so-called Christian churches have shut their doors. Many churches don't even acknowledge Advent any longer. They jump into the Christmas music like Christmas is already here. Tell that to those that waited for the birth of the Messiah over two centuries ago. How many hundreds or have years did they wait? And they wish it were so. And even when it came, many were blinded to see it. We're so busy jumping into the Christmas part of the season, we're forgetting the Advent. The Advent of our King. This time we are should be preparing ourselves. No, we want to jump right to the holiday celebration. We don't want to do the work. We don't want to. We don't want to read that part of Scripture about the longing for the Savior of the nations who will come. I can remember how Advent always began in the church I attended as a child. We finished out what's called the Trinity season in other churches. It's sometimes called ordinary time, but Trinity season was the term used back in my day. We had that Sunday next before the beginning of Advent. It's the end of the church year. A lot of people, a lot of evangelical churches have lost sight of something very useful. It's called the church calendar. Now, they acknowledge there's an Easter and a Christmas, but they had a Good Friday, but, but they, they kind of fail to recognize why the church calendar was set up as it was. It allowed us to walk the life of Christ every year, beginning on the first Sunday of Advent, as we prepare for his first coming. We've lost sight of preparation. We've lost sight of study. We've lost sight of a lot of things that I believe would be very helpful in strengthening individuals 
in their faith in Jesus Christ. They just don't have that that grounding anymore. It's a lot of fun, music, and emotion, but it's lacking. It's lacking some real depth. Uh, there are many churches that literally uh, this weekend will, will jump into playing their first Christmas music and ignoring the advent of our King. This time that we reflect on our sinful nature, which required Christ to come to this earth to have his ministry, to be the Lamb of God, to go to Calvary, to give his life, his lifeblood, to die and then be resurrected, to be King of kings and Lord of lords who is coming again. We are now in the second advent. And a lot of people want to ignore the first advent that got Jesus here to begin with, this time of preparation. We want to skip to the holiday fun and the party. We don't want to acknowledge our sinful nature. We don't even want to sometimes acknowledge the need of a Savior. And the world may may tolerate the babe in a manger because he's harmless, but rejecting his authority as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's a hymn for Advent. It goes back literally 1,200 plus years to many living in a monastic lifestyle where they would gather frequently to worship and pray. It was originally in Latin, Veni, Veni, Emmanuel. We know it today as O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The words... The music and everything about this hymn is so haunting. But it is a really wonderful way to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our need for the birth of that Savior. I can remember how a service would begin in my church growing up on that first Sunday in Advent as the choir would begin to sing.
there's always been something about that particular hymn at Advent. Anthem, hymn, monastic song, whatever you want to call it. That touched my heart even as a very young child. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't quite understand. I can remember even going to midweek services as a child for Advent. And it was even more of an impact going to a church that was rather dark at night, very little lighting, as we sang many of these Advent hymns, looking with anticipation, preparing ourselves for the coming, his first coming, to remind us when Jesus came into that humble birth in Bethlehem. It meant a lot to me, and it's a part of me, And it's sad when I look today and see how many people of faith are missing out on the season of Advent. What a time it is to restore ourselves one to another, to prepare ourselves, to reconcile ourselves. I think we've long lost this concept of reconciliation one to another and also to reconcile ourselves unto God. Jesus came. Jesus came to redeem the world. His blood on the cross was the sufficient sacrifice for all of us to gain entry into the kingdom of God. But too many of us are busy with the holiday preparations. We, we just finished in the United States our Thanksgiving. And now we're jumping into the rush of Christmas and the travel. And of course, with the pandemic, you're going to be hearing a lot of do not travel, be safe, wear a face mask, get vaccinated, all kind of nonsense that we don't need to be getting into. A lot of people are going to be falling for that because they're afraid of losing this life. And they don't even see the life yet to come. With the world today, the United States, a lot of people call it the last, the last firewall for freedom the last firewall to defend the faith because it is poorly defended in many other nations. And if God should grant us additional time to get out the gospel message and prepare his people, this is something that's really keen on my heart. I'll be talking about that in the program today. Some of the things that are happening in the background. You know, being a radio ministry has been a lot of fun. And, and I've enjoyed this time, and I'm going to continue to do this program as long as the Lord allows me. And the funds remain there to take care of the airtime bill and everything else that we're doing. But there's more than just this ministry, and I'll be talking about that in the program today, I promise. I'm going to make sure that I don't lose sight of that in, in the second half. But we've lost the sight of Advent. We've lost this preparing. We're part of this instant gratification world. I mean, I can remember waiting for things, and now we have Amazon, we have the internet. Everything is instant, 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 and everything is disposable. People have a refrigerator go bad, they just buy a new one. They have a washing machine go awry, they just buy a new one. They don't like their cell phone, just get a new one. Uh, TV set, goes on the fritz, as we used to say back in the day, just throw it out, put it in the landfill. Besides, we don't even manufacture them in in the United States anymore. They're cheap from China or some other foreign country, and we live in this disposable rented world. 
where we're told to own nothing and be happy. And too many young people, they, they look at everything in their life as just disposable. After all, their TVs are disposable. And unfortunately, even their spouses, for many, are disposable too when they falsely believe something better has come along. We need to get back to this concept of Advent, this, this concept of preparation, this concept of looking for the Savior of the nations to come. To come, O come, Emmanuel, to ransom captive Israel and ransom us from death, hell, and the grave. This program is here for several reasons. Number one, its primary purpose, truth to ponder, is to glorify Jesus Christ. Its secondary purpose is to provide you news you have a hard time finding anywhere else and truth. There's a lot of there's a lot of stories behind the headlines that have a lot to do with our world today. Everything from pandemics to global governance, you name it, they're all at play with each other. And I really believe that this world is on a collision course with its destiny and its end. I can't tell you when that's going to happen. But I know that all of us need to be ready for when that time comes. And I think the church discovered, oh, I don't know, about 20 months ago, how ill-prepared they were if something came to upset the apple cart. I don't think any church that I know of, any church that I've ever been affiliated with, any church I was even the pastor of, were ever prepared for what happened in March of 2020. Suddenly, we're told we need to shut down for a week or two, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve, which became 15 months (laughs) and still going to flatten the curve. Many people didn't expect to lose their businesses, their jobs, to see the mess that our economy became, to see the crises and the shortages that we have now. Everybody thought things would Well, like the Bible says, everybody thinks things will just continue on as if they have been left unchanged. And the church discovered, much to its horror, that the only thing they could do was rely on social media in many cases to continue some resemblance of a service to the public. Those that believe in the real presence in communion were denied that presence Because they couldn't get to church. They couldn't get to the place where the believers gathered and fellowshiped together. Like I say, the church discovered just how woefully unprepared it was. There's an ancient prayer that has been said for hundreds upon hundreds of years in the church. And its English rendition is very much like this. Almighty God... Give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which thy son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in that last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to to judge both the quick and the dead, 
we may rise to life immortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and forever. Amen. That is truly an ancient prayer, but still applicable to our time. Say, the evil one that chases after your soul and would like to see your destruction would rather you focus on the trimmings and the lights and the fun and the parties of this season And the little babe is safe and fine, doesn't mean anything. They just don't want you to acknowledge that he came in humility to give us eternal life for those that put their trust in him. See, the world accepts a little babe, but they don't accept their king of kings and lord of lords. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and I'm going to be getting into that in the next segment of the program. Some good stuff, really good news, just exciting things. I I look at this radio program, and and I'm trying to find ways to improve it, to expand its ministry and its outreach beyond just the radio program. I I told you, if you listened yesterday, if you had a chance to to hear the program this week, that early this week I had this very strange dream. People that I know, people that I thought that I knew, in the dream at least I knew them, coming together to work together, there's strength in numbers in producing everything from radio programs to television to publications to share resources to be more efficient and effective. We're not in competition. When you're doing the work of Christ as a laborer in the field, you are not competing with a fellow brother in Christ or sister. You're not doing that. We're each given a job to do and a task to perform. And I'm realizing more and more that this pandemic taught us one thing. We need to find ways of collaborating and working together so we have the resources when times are tight. If somebody can't fulfill their position for a day or two or a week or whatever the case may be, the ministries continue moving forward. And that's something that I'm just really becoming extremely adamant about these days. And as far as this radio program is concerned and and all the things to which it will tie itself, I thank you for your support to date. Radio is still the primary outlet by far. Shortwave radio, it's a whole different world, but but God has provided a huge number of listeners. But the airtime is not free. If you believe in the work that we're doing, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And mail that to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That is in Crestview, Florida, 32536. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Now, I'll give that address again in just a moment. But real quick, you always hear me talk about Ancient Word Radio. Well, that's another project that I've been working on for years. And I plan on adding, right now there's just the one stream of very classic sacred music at ancientwordradio.com. That's one word, ancientwordradio.com. I've been working on what will be a second stream and maybe a third that we'd like to initiate sometime in the new year. Uh, All solidly Christ-based Christian music. 
And just a resource for you, I'm thinking about the Sacred Music Channel. I'm thinking about a Christ-honoring music channel and a talk and teaching channel. And I'm really feeling led that this has got to be done next year. And it'll be a place that this radio program can also be on, just another platform. And I'm hoping and praying to to share this platform with others as the Lord leads. So keep that in the back of your mind as well. Once again, in paying for our shortwave airtime, if any gift you give, that's where it goes. Make your check payable to Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248 in Crestview. One word, C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code 32536. That's 32536. By the way, you can also support us from the website, which is truth, the number two ponder.com. Truth, the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Ladonai Life. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now the high priest of Israel wore a crown, and on the crown were the words, Kadosh Ladonai, Holy to the Lord. Now it's real significant, because in Hebrew, if you want to say that something belongs to something else, like for instance, the house belongs to me, you say, the house is to me, which in Hebrew is is le, the le sound. So when he had kadosh ladonai, it meant that he was holy to the Lord. It meant that the high priest, not only was holy, but he belonged to the Lord. He was the Lord's possession. He didn't belong to himself. Everything in his life was ladonai, to the Lord. And the Bible says that you are a royal priest. If you're born again, you're a royal priest. You need to have the same crown. That means that crown is on your life that says kadosh ladonai. You're holy and you're to the Lord. Everything in your life, you are dedicated, committed. You belong to God, your possessions to the Lord, your resources to the Lord, your time to the Lord, your abilities to the Lord, your money to the Lord, everything to the Lord. Because then you will be a true priest after his heart. And it means you don't really own things, but all that you have is God. So that means you don't own any more worries or burdens or problems. But the one thing you own is the Lord. Start living as a royal priest that God called you to live as. Put on the crown. Give everything to the Lord, your life wholly to the Lord, that you can have no more burdens. And just one thing you would have is God himself and all his blessings. It all begins when you put on the sacred crown that reads, Kadosh Ladonai. Now, the free gift for you. The most incredible evidence, awesome mystery discovered in ancient writings of Jesus in the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires guaranteed to give you the power of living victorious life in God. All free. How do you get these gifts absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed with the gifts, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. 
one. And my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world. Salvation to five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. But that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. But write me at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Live holy to the Lord, Ladonai, in Messiah, HaKohen HaGadol, the Great and High Priest. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As we begin this countdown to Christmas, known as the season of Advent. beautiful hymns of the church for this Advent season, reminding us, Savior of the nations, come. Now, in just a couple of minutes, I have something special I want to share, but I mention the things that are on my heart and mind regarding the ministry opportunities that are there. Now, I serve and have served for many years in church ministry, and I do so as a leader in a small church group. And I see God doing some very wonderful things. And I I need to be spending more time with my church work. And yes, I still want to keep this radio ministry going, but I I really believe that the time has come that I need some help. And I'm just going to ask you to pray that God would send the help that I need to undergird this effort. There is a place I could move this ministry into potentially, not saying it's a secure thing yet, but I'm praying about it. It would give it a better home base, even when I have to travel. 
and be literally associated with a couple of other ministries in close proximity and even in the same building. I believe God is opening up some wonderful doors. So it's not a matter that I'm asking you for anything except for your prayers right now. Also, I'm looking at helping a young pastor that's been through some very difficult times rebuild his ministry. There's no doubt there's an anointing upon this individual, and he's seen a lot. He's prepared to do spiritual warfare and battle these days, and that's not too far from where we live here when we are in Florida. Part of what I want to do is empower those that God has called into his ministry to bring them into his service to do the work of Christ's kingdom on this earth. And so keep that as a matter of prayer as well. Maybe God is speaking to your heart. If so, you can always email me directly, Bob, at truththenumber2ponder.com, Bob, at truththenumber2ponder.com. Together, maybe we can discern what plans God may have for you in your life as well. Now, it was about four years ago in 2017, roughly this time of the year, as the old church year was unwinding, after Thanksgiving, and we're getting ready to walk into the new church year of the first Sunday in Advent. And I preached a message that I think you'll find hopeful and encouraging. Would you come with me back four years ago, literally four years ago this week, to this message given in Sky Valley, Georgia? Heavenly Father, as we come to this time to to learn from your word, I pray you will open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive what you have for us this day. For this we ask in Christ's name, amen. Be seated. Back in ancient times, in those first centuries, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, a lot of people receiving and hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ were, well, illiterate. There were no printing presses, there were no Bibles, there were none of these things to be able to read and study about God's Word. There were bits and pieces of what you might call the writings that were being out there from St. Paul and others. And so what the early church fathers came up with is why don't we take the year and divide it up and we'll spend part of the time walking through the life of Christ to tell his story from his birth, his earthly ministry, his triumphant ride in Jerusalem, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday as we celebrate it, Easter, Pentecost, of course his ascension in there as well. In other words, why don't we walk through his life every year so we will learn who this Jesus of Nazareth really is. And so that's how people learned the tradition of the faith by walking through it each and every year. Then they took a part of the year, which has been called everything from ordinary time to Trinity to the Sundays after Pentecost, as a time where we grow the church. We use what we have learned in the first part of the church year, and that's why the color was often green as they got into liturgical colors to represent seasons, it is a season of growth. A season of growth. And it's during this season of growth that we get into more detail 
about what Jesus had to say. We learn more about the function of the church in the writings of St. Paul and others in the epistles, and even our Old Testament readings foreshadow the Jesus of Nazareth and who he is and why he is here. Today is a good example in our readings. Christ the King. Christ the King Sunday. I like that. I've liked that better than the Sunday next before Advent. I've always kind of leaned in that direction because we have finished this church year that started a year ago in Advent when we changed the altar colors and everything to purple and it becomes a simplistic time as the first hymn we'll probably sing next week is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Ransom, Captive Israel that mourn in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice. We anticipate his coming and we take those four Sundays prior to Christmas to remember that we are a fallen race in need of a Messiah, a Savior. And then we'll walk his life all the way to the cross and all the way to the empty tomb. And then his ascension. You know, Jesus reminded his disciples when he left this earth, as you see the Son of Man leaving, so you will see him coming again. And the Bible makes it clear, but when he comes again, it'll be in his glory. In his glory, not as the babe of Bethlehem. Jesus is one of my favorite pieces out of the Messiah from King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the way that is sung so triumphantly. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. St. Paul writes that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess him, the King of glory. Not a one will not. Even those that despise him will recognize him on that day that he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I wonder at times as I look at the world today, And sometimes I find as I prepare a message like today and think about it during the course of the week and I make little notes to myself. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus talks about how a shepherd separates the goats from the sheep. We heard that. Goats from the sheep. And I look at the world today and the decisions people make and the way that they live their lives And you wonder if they're not selecting for themselves as they're coming through life. Sheep, sheep, goat, 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 sheep, goat. And you wonder which is the larger in this day and age, the goats or the sheep. It's amazing how we as human beings can find it so easy to dare I say it illogically, think that we are the end-all and be-all of of all creation, that we are the top of the heap. You know, I was thinking yesterday morning, my wife and I were having a conversation over the breakfast table, and those that know me know that I come out of a technology background, spent a lot of my years of life in technology. And I was thinking, a hundred years ago, Hundred years ago, what great inventions did we have in 1917? Telegraph, 
Burley telephone. Edison kind of playing with the beginning of a phonograph and maybe a movie. We had film. Wow. That was our technology in 1917. And some theories on how to transmit radio waves. We already had for about 10, 11 years been able to send Morse code wireless to a boat out at sea, like the Titanic. They had a radio room with what they called a spark gap transmitter. Just fire up voltage like lightning and make it go zap, 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 zap. And that's how they sent out Morse code. There was an item I saw yesterday. The year was 1939. Not even 22 years after 1917, when there is no radio. There were no radio stations broadcasting in 1917. There might have been the beginnings of phonographs in the wealthiest of wealthy's homes. 1939, New York World's Fair. RCA introduced a new device that was going to revolutionize everything. It was called television. World War II put a delay on implementing it. But look at how fast technology advanced from 1917 to 1927 to 1937 to 47 to 57 to 67 to, you know, just look, look what happened in a period of 100 years, how vast our technology exploded and knowledge exploded. The ability to make tools and devices that can see down to the size of an atom. Amazing stuff. 1917, we sent telegrams by Morse code. Today, we send emails via satellite around the world in split seconds. And we take it for granted. And we think that because we've attained this knowledge in 100 years, how much we know and the arrogance that we are at the top of the heap. In terms of what the human mind is capable of learning, we are simply living in the cave, drawing pictures on the wall, and eating by fire. That's how little we know with all the knowledge we have today. And this is what I think the world forgets. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of all things. He understands more of our technology than we ever will. And he already knows the technology we haven't even discovered yet, so far down the pike. Yet he is rejected, smitten, afflicted, cursed. But St. Paul says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That day of reckoning is coming. I'm thankful that I live in this age with all the technology that we have. And I would say that my predecessors 100, 150 years ago, thank God that they lived in a time that they had an electric light. What a concept. Indoor plumbing. What a concept. And they thought then they were the top of the heap with all that they had. The message today, sometimes my wife will ask, you know, what's, what's your takeaway point going to be? Well, what, 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 what message are you trying to, to send home? 
as I had a teacher in the seventh grade say, you know, he said, you may not have homework, but there'll be something you will take home with you that you'll keep inside of you for the rest of your life. A little bit of knowledge. The knowledge is simply this. As we celebrate this Christ the King Sunday, our opinions don't matter. Our theories don't matter. This nor any other church in the world, in essence, doesn't matter. If it's not Christ's church, it doesn't matter. Our opinions about God's word don't matter. I remember reading once that you can get 100 people together to look at the Bible and vote on what the Bible should contain and not contain. You can vote all you want. There's only one vote that counts, the author's not ours. The day we recognize that he is truly the King of kings and Lord of lords of our life, and we willingly come under his subjection, then the blessings, the peace, the knowledge begins I've said this a thousand times in my ministry. Being a Christian does not guarantee you peace and harmony in everything you do. (laughs) If anything, it promises you just the opposite. And I was saying Paul got shipwrecked, got whipped, beaten, jailed. In other words, he didn't sign on for the easy, cushy life. When you look at the 11 remaining disciples... And then Matthias added unto it, how how did they all die? Of old age and retirement? Nope. They gave their life for the cross of Christ. It has been said by the writings you see from the people that wrote in the first, second, and third century. There's a lot of writings that are out there. And I'm trying to remember this one guy's name in particular. Now it just eludes me, but it'll come when when I'm doing the prayer probably that wrote, in such anguish, he thought himself unworthy of the cause of Christ because he was still alive and hadn't been killed. Thought he was just unworthy. No one's come after, try to kill me. I must not be a good enough Christian. Wow. Today, if anybody was to threaten our life and livelihood over our faith, how many would run away and hide and never return again? Last thought. Even during the days of the Cultural Revolution in China, in the early days after the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, to be a Christian made you an enemy of the state. You could lose everything, end up in prison, starve to death, even killed. You know, In China, the church behind the scenes flourished by those that knew they were putting it all on the line. And years ago when I was working for a Bible college that really had an emphasis on missionaries, I had a chance to meet some people that were able to get out of China. And they were probably at that time in the 1980s, probably 70-ish, so they had lived through Mao's Cultural Revolution and it escaped. And they, you know, they counted it a privilege 
a privilege to be persecuted for the cause of Christ. Because they said all they could have gained in following Mao, Satan, would give them nothing compared to what they get in Christ Jesus. He said we lived in fear and terror, but we had that peace of God which passed all understanding because we had found the true King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I pray you, this church, this community, and those listening even by radio today will come to know this King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, the Word made flesh, the Word of God incarnate. May he dwell in your hearts beginning this day. Heavenly Father, as we have come to your word, teach us to bend our knees, bow our heads, to give you the respect you are due. While you are willing to be servant of all to us, let us remember you really are royalty and majesty. Lord, teach us what it means to be separated goat from sheep. Teach us, Lord, to hear your voice so we can be the sheep of your pasture, the sheep at your hand. Father, if we have failed to recognize the kingship and lordship of your son, forgive us. Lord, open our eyes that we may see his majesty, our hearts to receive him as the king who loves us and has redeemed us. Father, May this church be a beacon of light on this hill where Jesus shall reign. Amen.
time is gone for this weekend edition of the program. I want to thank you for listening. If you can help us stay on the radio, consider making a gift payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Florida. That's Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Truth to Ponder. Until then, may God richly bless you is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.